0: I spend a lot of time thinking about church and church world and what it, what it, you know, it's going to take for us to navigate these crazy uh, changes that are happening culturally, and I think many of you do too, probably think about, like, the world's different and the world keeps on changing and it's always been changing and, you know, how do we adapt and how do we be sensitive to the teachings of Scripture and the promptings of the Holy Spirit and then the, just the crazy things that we have to navigate. And one thing that I've really thought about in our church community, and I feel like we've always tried to navigate these two things, um, is that on one hand, you know, if you have any relationship with non-church people, you know, whether they're, whether they're like anti-church people or just agnostic and don't have any awareness of, of the kingdom or church or Jesus or any of that type of stuff, you'll know that a lot of times they have a lot of preconceived ideas about what Christianity is, right? I mean, like, if you spend time talking to non-church people, some of the things that they assume um, about the church, and some of these things we've earned, right, like, I've heard people say, well, Christians are really judgmental. Anybody ever heard that before? Right, like, we hear that all the time. You hear um, from some people, you know, Christians are just too political. All they care about is politics. Other um, people have said things like, well, the, the church is very very, um, you know, angry all the time, and there's all these things that people say about the church, and I think that we have to really, we have to be intentional to try to create space, though, for non-church people to feel welcome. Like, more than anything, I would say to anybody in this room, whether you're here for the first time or you've been coming for a long time, we really want you to feel welcome. Like, that's important to us. And so for non-church people who don't know the secret handshakes, Right? Because, like, can you remember when you first went to the church for the first time? Like, it's kind of scary. Right? Like, oh, my gosh. Are they, you know, they going to make me sit up front and come forward? And are they going to sing happy birthday to me? Yes, we are today. Just kidding. Um, like, you, you might have some of those questions. Or you might wonder if you're going to be able to, to, like, sit in the back and just be low-key. You know? There's all these, these fears that happen because you might not have the, the church background. You might not know when to come forward. Um, you know, for communion. The first time I ever went to a liturgical church service, you know, a more traditional service, I was with a friend who grew up, it was a Catholic church and she grew up Catholic and and she like knew when to stand up and sit down and kneel and I was like 10 seconds behind everything. So like everybody stands and I'm like getting my, setting my coffee now, which by the way, I thought I can't have coffee there. You know, and then I'd stand up and everybody sat down and then I was like, okay, and I'd sit back. It was crazy, like I didn't know the, I didn't know the secret things happening. Right? Are you with me, like how there's this tension where we wanna be really intentional about welcoming people, but on the other hand, I think we wanna have a space where we, we encourage and challenge people to be disciples. Because the one thing I will say is that if, if, if we really buy into the teachings of scripture, then we have to believe that everybody in this room is, is called to become more like Jesus, and that's a process, and it takes time, but we, grow, right? And so I really do believe that most people come to church in this fashion. This is the way that I think I did it and many of you probably did too, where you get invited to a church and you find out that they have coffee or that there's something there for you and you go, right? And you go have a cup of coffee and you enjoy that cup of coffee and and you watch people making the coffee and serving the coffee and then maybe you drop off your kids in the kids program and you notice that there's people who every single week are volunteering to serve the kids. over time, if you're growing, you go from the point of being just a sole consumer or a person who's new to it to finding out that there's a lot um, there's a lot of growth that happens in serving. Like when you start actually serving, that's where a lot of transformation happens. Like, does that make sense? Like you get more involved the more that you buy into the mission and the values of a community, whether it's a church or an organization or whatever. And so I, I feel like church, our church, I, I hope, Pray that we will always maintain this tension, where we, we have space where we say, "Hey, come as you are. Sit in the back if you if you need to. If you want anonymity, that's totally okay. We're not going to judge you." Okay. Yeah. But then we also have space where people can can you know enter into discipleship relationships. and can be involved in community. It can really be all about um, you know. I think serving and and participating so do you see that there's a tension there like how we're trying to be welcoming and and have safe space for people to explore but then we're also really intentional to have space where people can actually dig deeper and go go into studying scripture more intently or you know maybe they have a they have a desire and a calling to plant a church and so they want to get training on that is that are you with me so here's the thing about the vineyard I believe this with all my heart because I've been in the vineyard for most of my life I think um, tension is our superpower. Like, as a church tradition, that's our superpower. Like, other churches do things way better than we do, okay? I mean, they just are. They're better at maybe their music programs. No, I didn't mean that by the record. You are number one. But maybe there are. Maybe there's churches that have, like, 55 different musicians on stage, and they've got smoke and light machines and all that stuff. It's super, super powerful. And there's other churches that, man, their preachers are just... Really engaging and you grow and your mind is blown or or maybe you know maybe they're really good at these the thing about the vineyard movement I think by and large is that we generally are really really good about keeping these tensions it's like our whole entire theology of the kingdom is that it's both um, already and not yet we understand the kingdom is already it's already here when Jesus was on this earth and he was doing ministry he came because the kingdom of God was at but then we also, I think, intuitively know that the kingdom is not in its fullness right now. There will be one day when the kingdom does come in its fullness and it's consummated and the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and we all long for that, right? But there's this tension. So our tension, I think, uh, tension is our superpower. Like, that's something that we need to really be intentional about and work hard. So it's always it's always the question that people have is, is your church or outgoing church or is an inward focused church and i always want to say yes yes we want to be outward focused we are we lean towards mission we lean toward the desire for every single human being in our community to know jesus that's how we lean but we also love the fact that we have community and we have a space where we can hang out as friends and be weirdos together amen like that's the tension so, so i want to Spend spent a little bit of time this morning talking about the last year, like the year 2021 in review, and just end of the year we do this where we just kind of look back and we also then kind of plonk ourselves to start thinking about looking forward. But before we do that, let's pray real quick. And so Father, we do ask for your guidance, your encouragement, your power, and all of the things of the kingdom to be on display this morning in our hearts and our minds Pray this in Jesus' name all of people who have in So, you know, thinking about the kingdom of God, and thinking about how, um, you know, there's all these different stories um, in this room right now. And on Christmas Eve, you know, our our, our service—we had two services—and I remember during the first service, I was looking out, and there were a lot of different people that we haven't seen for a while. And I was like, man, they all have different stories. Everybody here has different stories, and and these stories are happening and I think those stories are very, very um, compelling. Like I, I really do want you to know that I, I do believe with all my heart that your story is a compelling story and there's things that God's doing in your life that matter and I'm interested in them and I think other people would be interested in them too. But uh, before we jump in, to I, I wanna back up. So the Old Testament in the Bible, right? So first book of the Bible is Genesis we yeah. have Exodus, and then we have Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and it starts to, to go, and, and there's, this, there's this thing that happens over the course of, of the Old Testament. So like in Genesis, we, we read about the creation of the heavens and the earth, and everything is created. And it doesn't say how it was done, it just lays out that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So creation happens, and then human beings are created, and then um, pretty quickly, things start to go bad right? And the fall happens and we have uh, sin nature that we all inherit as human beings. And so the story starts to develop and God starts raising up different people who are called patriarchs, like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob. And these men, and then there's also matriarchs, and these women say, listen, we need to follow after Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God of Israel. And then Israel, the nation comes out of that and then there's this people group called Israel in the Bible who are who are invited by God to be a testimony to the world around them like Israel's called to actually be a light to the nations and so we have that happening but if you read the Old Testament enough you'll notice that there's times where Israel's doing really really well and then there's times when Israel's doing really really bad right like they start rebelling against God they start doing crazy bad things and and there, what there are there's cycles within the Old Testament this is relevant, I think, for all of us because it's like a really good snapshot of human beings. But Israel goes through cycles where they're following after God. They kind of drift a little bit. They get stuck in a, a in whether it's slavery or they're oppressed by somebody, and then God redeems them. And then they all get on fire for God. And then they start staying, uh, they start doing all the right things. And then slowly over time, they forget. And then they get stuck again. And this is like all of us, right? How many of you would say that you've gone through cycles where you're really on fire for God, and then, you know, after a while, you're like back to kind of like, anybody willing to admit that that? that's pretty normal, right? Like, that's what we do as human beings, and Israel is a picture of that because it happens over and over and over again, okay? So there's all these cycles of renewal that happens, but one thing stands out. This is very interesting to me. When you look at all these stories and you put them all together, What I've noticed is that whenever Israel stops telling the stories of God's redemption, they start to drift away from centering themselves on God and they begin to fall after other gods. They they just stop telling the stories. I mean, think about the story of Israel being enslaved in Egypt, right? The story is they're all in Egypt, right? They're being treated as slaves and then Moses comes along, God raises Moses up and what does Moses do? goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And then Moses says, no. And then they have this conflict and God displays his power through the plagues. And then after the plagues happen, what happens? Pharaoh's like, okay, maybe you should leave. Like it might be better and it might be in our best interest if you take off. And so they do. And at first, like people of Israel are like, "Woo hoo!" Could you imagine after 450 years of oppression, how after you get delivered, you're like party time, right? It's like, you know, at the very end, of return of the Jedi, after the Black Empire's been destroyed. All the worlds are really, really happy, right? No? No Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. That's what happens, right? I mean, just think about that. God has just done this miraculous thing, and they're like, they're super, super excited. So Israel's like, yeah, our God reigns. Our God reigns. One, two, three. You know, and they're all excited, and then like 30 seconds later, they're like, well, I do have these gold earrings. And maybe if we melt them and then we form a calf, we can worship it. I mean, it is in the middle of like, we're talking like not that long after God has delivered Israel where they're worshiping a golden calf, right? You see how quickly it happens? It's like we blink our eyes and all of a sudden, you know, God's never done anything for us. And I'm talking about me too. Like This is what we do, right? Like when we're desperate for God, like if you're stuck in something or you're, you're going through something. Have you ever had a situation where you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay, pay this bill. My, my rent's due, but I am not gonna, Lord, God. And you start calling on the heavens and you're telling everybody, I'm, I'm so on fire for Jesus. And then God provides some miraculous thing. I mean, Dawn and I, when we first got married, that happened all the time. We'd be like, I have no idea how we're gonna pay this bill. And we would get in the mail. This happened multiple times. We'd get in the mail a random check from somebody for the exact amount that was due. And it was like, oh, you're so glorious, God. We tell everybody, and then a week later, it's like we've totally forgotten, you know? Like, God oh, will never provide for me again, you know? And so these cycles of renewal happen all over the Old Testament. And I think they happen all over our lives, too, because I see it all the time. I see people, I meet with people who they're, like, at a really bad place. They need to meet who passed and then God does something. And then it's like two weeks later, they've forgotten and they're back to just living their life as if they don't need Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, it's a cycle. It's a cycle that we have to get out of. That's why we're called to center our lives on Jesus 24-7, 365. We are not here at the Vineyard trying to live with Sunday morning Christianity, amen? We're not, it's something about a lifestyle. So we have this happening, but again, what's interesting is that we see Israel they, they begin to stop telling the stories they stop reflecting on the things that God's done and then they drift and then they get stuck in this this way of living without God and as you probably discover it doesn't work so good amen does not work very good and that's the concern I have right now in the world we live in all people have like totally disconnected from their faith and they're not involved in churches anymore they're not They're not living it out. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, and as a just person who reads, it is not good for society right now, amen? It's not, we're seeing the trends. We are becoming more secularized. We're we're not doing well as a society. And that's why I'm telling you right now, we need to re-engage. We really do need to re-engage. But the Bible reminds us over and over again of our need to tell the stories about what God has done, because I think what we need is we need two things. We have to tell the stories, and then we also have to hear the stories. We have to hear the stories. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 66. Let me read this psalm to you. The psalmist writes these words. He says, Shout joyful praises to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, How awesome are your deeds? Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Listen to this, come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea and as people went across on foot, there we rejoiced in him, for by his great power he rules forever. He watches every movement of the nations, let no rebel rise in defiance. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands, and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have tested us, O oh God. You have purified us like silver. you captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and flood. And as we mentioned, this is because they were rebelling against God. But then it says this, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, listen to this. He says, come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, He did not ignore my prayer, or withdraw His unfailing love from me. Something I noticed this last year in my own life is that, you know, there was a period of time where, the only way to describe it is it was like, I, I got caught into this cycle of the only thing that I was hearing and the only thing I was reflecting on was sorrow and grief. I mean, it was like, uh, there was a period of time, and you know, many of you who were here, remember in August when all we were doing was praying for people who we knew who were really, really sick? It was like one phone call after the other of somebody who's in the hospital. And, and and I at that time, I mean, I was pretty much focused on grief, sorrow, loss, struggle, and valleys and darkness. I just felt like, it was like every day I woke up, it's like, another person going through this really tragic situation and that was just like covid stuff but then think about all the other stuff that's happened right all the statistics tell us that depression is skyrocketed anxiety skyrocketed marriages are are really struggling people's relationships with their children are struggling kids have massive depression going on the schools are completely um confused as to what to do and social psychologists and clinical psychologists and, and people who, who do counseling on a regular basis are saying there's something happening right now. And it was overwhelming. I mean, I, I think some of us, maybe you can still feel that way. Right? It's really overwhelming. And it dawned on me one day, though, because I was like, man, I'm like, it's just a lot of negativity. And it's like we're only, I realize that we're only focusing on negativity. Like, right, if you, I know many of us don't even watch the news anymore. Why do we not watch the news anymore? Because it takes about four seconds to realize that all news puts on news is bad, negative things, right? It's like, because it's like, they know if it bleeds, it leads. If it's something negative, it'll conjure up people's anger and they'll keep on watching. And that's what they're doing to so us. They're trying to brainwash us with all this negativity. So at the end of, at the end of, I think it was probably around the end of September, I in my heart said, you know what, I have got to start replacing some of these stories of tragedy and loss with some stories of hope. We have to hear stories of hope. And so here's what I think we haven't done a very good job of here at the Vineyard. I think in the last probably year, maybe two, we haven't been very good at like telling stories uh, of hope. Like, remember if you grew up in church, there were a thing called praise reports. Ever heard of that? Like there's churches that like, I used to hate this by the way. Like, I just hated this. It was like, on certain Sundays, it was Praise Report Sunday, and then everybody got to get up, and then, you know, you would be there for four hours, and i get hungry at 11.25, okay? I was like, this is not working for me. But I there was something in that when people in the church community stood up and told stories of, of hope. Like, let me let me give you an example. Folks, there's two examples of praise reports that I think we have. A year ago, I was convinced my dad was going to die for I was convinced he was, that was last Christmas we were ever going to have. But our church community prayed fervently. I know, that many of you were, you were praying, and praying, and praying, and praying, and praying. And there were hundreds of other people praying for my dad. And my dad was miraculously healed. I mean, the doctors were like, I don't know how this happened. There was no explanation because when they took out his kidney... All of the cancer was encapsulated around that kidney. And they said he had stage four cancer, though. And if you know anything about stage four, that's not good. Okay? So that's, that's miracle number one. That's us praise your Okay? Number two, Jamie Lewandowski, who is a deeply loved person part of our church, and her husband, Mark, were in the hospital. I was visiting them every single day, and I remember watching. She was intubated. It was crazy. And I was like, this is not good. Everybody who was around that was saying, this is not good. She is at home right now. Like we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I'm on behalf of Mark and Jamie, I can tell you, I, every time I talk to them, they, they start crying. It's so moving to them how much support they had in our community. So those are stories that we need to celebrate, amen. God is still at work. It's not like we're all stuck. And so this this year, I, I think that's one thing that we need to do is tell more stories. So really quickly, what I want to do is I want to talk about God's work in and through the vineyard. And what I mean by that is it's among us and through us. I think that God's done some really cool things this year. So here's a couple of things that, that um, I think we can celebrate, okay? Reflecting on the past year. Number one is we still exist. Like, I don't know, maybe that seems dumb, but um, the number of churches, okay, we all know businesses are closing, but the number of churches that have closed in the past year... Is equals this. There's more churches that have closed in 2020 and 2021 than have been opened. Now, in regards to growth, does everybody know that that's a bad thing? Right, like if we're trying to continue planting churches and growing churches, that's not a good trend, right? So um, we also have, you know, 30% of pastors, I just found out in a recent poll, are in the process of resigning because they are done. want to be very clear here, that is not me, okay? I'm not saying that. To you. Just letting you know, if you are mad about me being here, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the future. So we still exist. We can celebrate that. Number, number two, or the next thing is that we served our city. I mean, there were times that Doug and Sue and I were like, "We want to do some technology. What are we gonna do?" And we would like talk to people, and they were like, on, oh, no, we're good." It was like it was really hard to get involved because people were just not doing a lot. But we did serve our city, um, our our church community fed the entire Red Bluff Varsity football team. And if you've ever had high school boys anywhere around food, you know that there's not enough food to feed them. Okay, But we did, and we were able to serve them well. We also had this spectacular event, which was great. We had a drive-through um, Halloween thing out in the parking lot. It was great. And then the Giving Tree happened. And off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly, but the Giving Tree, that tree out there, all the ornaments that we took, somebody you know, we served, uh, was it 60 families? 60 families, 20, or no, was it 60 families? 20 families, 60 kids, 29 parents not gifts, okay? In partnership with some organizations. And then this was really cool. There were $500 gift cards given to every single family that happened. That was amazing, right? Like, okay, that's really cool. So, so we served our, our city, we built community, um, I.N.E. Ward remembered our first event that we had coming out of all the craziness as we had a Valentine's Day movie. And some of, how many of you were here? Just you were here? It was so funny because there's, you know, still not massive numbers, but it was like we were so happy to be here. And I don't even know what movie we watched. It didn't matter because there was food and nachos and popcorn and people. Then we had core groups this year. And there's a lot of different things that we did to build community. We also continued our global mission. Um, Doug and I, have been talking forever. Doug Bauman, um, you know, him and his wife, Sue, lead our outreach ministries and our love Red Bluff, and we've been talking for a long time, like, we need to get involved in missions. And so we finally, we went to Ensenada, we ate a million tacos, and got to spend time with the Vineyard Church down there, and we fell in love with them, and we're looking forward to more opportunities to serve them. In fact, today, if you wanna wish them a Merry Christmas, Doug's got a camera out there, and we're putting together a video because we're giving them an offering that we received christmas party so please participate in that and then my daughter sadie and i went to kenya in august and we were able to participate in missions there and that was really cool and then finally i just want to mention there are literally hundreds of other stories that no one will ever know that god did over this past year and i think that's been really really beautiful um, the other day one of our church So when you do things in our community and you're part of the vineyard, you're you're doing ministry through through the kingdom, for the kingdom on behalf of the vineyard. And so I, I just want to say that there's a lot of things that we can we can really, I think, press into um, that would be grateful for. So here's where I want to, I want to end with this. Um, what can we do right now? And this is really what I want to encourage you to do. Is the first thing is I think that we need to tell the stories of God. So what we're going to be doing... Starting next Sunday, because I have six days to figure this out, is we're going to create a way for us to not only report the stories that are happening, but we're also going to figure out a way to tell those stories here about in our church today. And so like praise reports, we're okay, we'll going to we'll go old school But we're going to start doing that because I think those stories, we need to be encouraged. Are you with me? Like when you hear God doing miraculous things for other people, it is encouraging and inspiring. Right? Like I'm t- I'm just well that's maybe that's how I am, but I know that many of you are too, and so we need to have a way for us to do that. So we want to tell the stories of God. We want to take time to share what God is doing inside of our lives. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to invite someone to Jesus and to invite someone to church. Like I don't I don't in my theology I don't think the Bible teaches that Jesus and the church are the same thing. But I do think that the church community can be a place where people discover and meet Jesus for the first time or have their faith re-engaged. And so I think it's time to, I guess, like I was saying, it's time to press the gas. Like, I I'm just said this before, but I really feel like this is time where we can start, start moving forward um, because the world's crazy and they need to have hope. So it's time to engage. And then finally, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to get involved. There's no way for us to be able to move forward and to be the light on the you know on the hill and to create space where people who are distant and far off from God can come into and experience God unless we all participate in that. And for the last two years, it's been a very small group of people who have been working tirelessly here at the Vineyard, doing lots and lots of things. And I'm telling you right now, you need your help. I don't say that enough in a make you feel like garbage way, I'm saying we need your help. There's ways for you to get involved and you can utilize your gifts, your strengths, and your passions for the cause of the community. Let's stand up. I think kind of what I'm getting at there is that it's time for us, I think, uh, to raise the bar a bit. Like this coming year can be different from the past year. It can be different. We don't have to, like, get sucked into the ways that we've been doing things for the past two years. And I think in some ways, if we're being honest, you know, not only has society developed some bad habits and some bad rhythms, but we've individually developed some bad habits and bad rhythms. And it's time to, like, say, you know what, enough is enough. We need to really re-engage and we need to start pressing into into the kingdom of it. So... We're going to take a moment right now and have a space for some prayer. I'm going to invite Don to come up here, too. And um, going forward in this next year, next week, I'm excited to share a little bit about, I think, some things that, uh, that the Lord's calling us to embrace and to do. But right now, um, wouldn't it be just wonderful with the Holy Spirit, with you, some work here in your moments? So let's close our We like to pray, come Holy Spirit. And it's not because the Holy Spirit has been waiting outside. The Holy Spirit is here. But we pray, come Holy Spirit, because we want to verbally invite His activity. In. We're asking for God to be present right now. And I'm under the impression... Partly because I just have seen this time and time again, but also because I have this sense that there are a number of you in this room who really need to be deeply touched by the Lord today. You need to experience grace, you need to experience healing, you need to experience hope, you need maybe some direction for your life. So why do we do this? Why do we close our eyes right now and invite God's presence? I'll tell you, my assumption that God loves you. My assumption is that God actually likes to be engaged in our lives. And uh, my assumption also is that when a group of people gather together in a room and they invite God to be active, that God actually responds to that prayer. So Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence
1: Sharing that story, or maybe you don't feel like that story counts. Um, but I can tell you that there, if you do get enough courage to share your story or part of it, there are many, many other people that are going through the same thing that you are, and it maybe will just encourage them that they're not alone. Really. So I want to encourage anyone that if that stood out to you when we were talking about, tell your stories about God with individuals. Um, be courageous, just do it. It doesn't have to be a long story. It could just be something that happened that morning or last year and you overcame it. Maybe it's something that you're going through right now. Um, but that was one thing that um, stood out to me. And um, I think it's part of being obedient and stepping up.
0: Yeah, So that's the first thing Don's sensing that if you're here this morning and you, you want to, maybe you need more more confidence, maybe you need more faith or boldness but you have a desire to share your story we'd love to pray for you. So if that's you I'm just going to invite you to come forward right now. We want to have an opportunity to pray for these things so anybody in the room that would say yeah that's me I would like to be able to share my story and then the second thing that I was sensing was um, was that there's a, a number of you that really want to hear from God more this year and part of the reason why you want to hear from God more is so that you can help encourage people, like hearing from the Lord. And so the New Testament calls that the gift of prophecy. You want to be more prophetic. You want to be able to hear God's voice so that you can give and offer people words of encouragement, words of comfort, and words of strength, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. So if that's you, we'd also like to pray for you as well. So two things this morning I'm going to pray for. If you want more boldness to share your story and more of an ability to, by the grace of God, hear the Lord's voice and share those things. Is there anybody else that would like to share? So for 2022, uh, for us as individuals and for us as a community, a collective church, a group of people, um, would you all agree that something that we all could really do individually and collectively to be people of God's presence? Like wouldn't that be amazing if we gathered together on Sundays and we experienced God's presence and we celebrated it and we were able to do the stuff, but then we also took that with us? Went out into the community that we live in, and we took that love, that truth, that grace, that mercy, and we shared it with every single person we came in contact with. Wouldn't that be beautiful? So, Lord, to that end, I pray a blessing over every person in this room. I pray that you would continue to to invite us into your kingdom, to to participate in your ways, and to do the things that you called us to, and that we would all, as individuals, minister and share and encourage and give hope because we have all individually experienced that same hope, that same grace, that same mercy, that same truth, and that same love. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, I want to encourage you to have a good week, but I also want to encourage you a couple things. This week, invite someone to join us next Sunday, and then secondarily, we live stream every one of our services on Facebook but also on YouTube, feel free to share that with people because a lot of times people want to check out church before they go and Facebook is a great way to do that, right? Amen. Have a great week, guys.